It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. And welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. This evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, December the 4th, 2022, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell. And we are back live from beautiful Austin, Texas. And I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend last week. We have another great program in store for you today. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us to make the show run smoothly as usual. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined once again by a certified relationship coach and nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships and the host of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast, as well as author of the new book, Relationship Boot Camp, Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy, and that's Roy Bianca Lana. Bianca Lana. I will get that right, Roy. (laughs) This time, Roy returns to the show to discuss the most common barriers that keep people single and, of course, how to get through those barriers. And later in the program, musician and producer of this program, Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, will join us on this side of the microphone to fill us in on some upcoming news. And along the way, in pursuit of living a more passionate life, as we end the year 2022 and enter in a new year, I'll begin a series on compassion and self-compassion, which are two necessary ingredients for living with passion and joy. And after the show, you can hear this program again just by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with any website links that we discuss on the program. And you can also hear the program in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, that's B-L-O-G talkradio.com slash your golden years, or by going to Apple Podcasts and finding this program on Apple Podcasts. For information from this program and updates about previous programs, um, to find out, to listen to previous programs for the past nine years since we've been on Blog Talk Radio, um, to read um, information about those programs and also my blogs and a lot of other information, go to my website, drmaricarpell.com, and you can also hear all of those shows on blogtalkradio.com slash yourgoldenyears and Apple Podcasts. And for upcoming shows and information about upcoming events, go to my Facebook page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by amightygoodtime.com. 
Wondering what to do after you're 50? How about having a mighty good time? It's free to search, free to post, and much more, whether it's in person or virtual or anything. Um, anything can be found to fill your day with other people. So be more active. Start connecting with other people. And it's been a long time for many to do that. Um, so Go to amightygoodtime.com. That's amightygoodtime.com. Okay. We're going to take a brief break um, to play some of our other sponsors' commercials, but don't go anywhere. It's going to be a very brief break, and when we come back, we'll be joined right here by Roy Biancolana. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. All right. See, that was fast, and we're back. <laughs> this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpell.com. And now joining us on the phone once again, we have certified relationship coach, nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships, and the host of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. Also, the author of the new book, Relationship Boot Camp, Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy, Roy Biancolana. Welcome back, Roy. Wow. Doctor, it's great to be with you again. It's great to have you back. And I just want to remind you and also our listeners, there's a very slight delay when we speak like this. It kind of helps to keep that in mind. Um, sure. So, Roy... Roy, after you were on the program in February, in uh, I'm I'm really mixed up today. September, <laughs> after you were on the program in September, <laughs> I felt there was so much more to discuss. So um, I'm really glad that you're back to round off the year. Um, but before we jump into it, just for people who um, didn't listen last time or haven't, you know, don't know much about you, um, can you just give us just a brief history of who you are, brief bio? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've been working with single people who desire to attract a healthy, sustainable, intimate relationship. I've been doing this now for about 15 years. And really my practice has kind of been born out of my own personal interest in relationships and personal growth and spiritual development. I've been interested in those topics, you know, most of my adult life. Uh, but then also um, because I had my own relationship disasters 
you know, went through a divorce and I was single again and having to face uh, a lot of things within myself. Um, and I, I hired a coach and worked with someone. And so coming out of that experience coupled with my lifelong interest in, you know, connecting in meaningful, helpful, healthy kind of ways, um, I got into coaching uh, to kind of put both of those two together and, you know, uh, point people in a direction that I have found, you know, really works. Um, Yeah, that's the main thing I want to say is there's a lot of different perspectives you can talk about in this, this topic. And, you know, everything's valid and all the different perspectives have some, some good points. And what I stress is things that I know that have worked. So it's not about right or wrong or good or bad or who's, who's smarter than who or whose program is what. I've just found certain things that work and certain things that don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, you know, it's, the, it's December, and I know that it seems like around this time of year there are a lot of people, um, single people, thinking, you know, feeling the pressure to have mm-hmm. partners by the new year, um, you know, feeling kind of low about not having a partner through holidays and wondering sure. if the new year is going to bring them something, you know, something that they wish for. Um, and people feel, you know, some people get depressed about it. Um, yeah. You know, maybe one of the things we can talk about is like how to deal with that, that pressure. Mm-hmm. Of, of feeling like you have to do it real fast. I have to find somebody really quickly. Maybe we could start with that because I think that seems mm. to be the top of people's minds right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I would imagine the, the pressure to make it happen quickly could come from a couple of different sources. And depending on the source, there might be sort of different feedback I would offer. So, you know, if the okay. pressure is coming from, you know, I'm going to be seeing, seeing family and so forth, and everyone's going to be saying, so why are you still single, you know, and, and when are you going to give <laughs> me a grandchild and all that? If the pressure is coming from the outside, um, I, I guess I would just say you're going to have to let people – you know, say what they're going to say and deal with, you know, their own assumptions and their own issues and let it go in one ear and out the other, right? Because mm-hmm. you certainly, you certainly, well, you can't rush the way life unfolds. And, you know, if you're going to be seeing family in the next month, um, the chances of you meeting someone between now and then and being close enough to bring them to a a family gathering is pretty slim. So you might get that kind of stuff that you've gotten in the past. And if you can just let people be who they are and say what they say and just let it roll off your back, um, you know, then you can at least enjoy the holidays a little bit if you don't take it too personally and so forth. But I think the pressure Mm -hmm. that we really experience comes from the inside of us. You know, it's either our own loneliness Certainly facing the holidays by yourself can bring up a special kind of sadness. 
but it's the pressure that we feel to find someone and you know to make it happen and and the danger with that um, is that you you can make a lot of decisions a lot of bad decisions by wanting things to happen too quickly um you know you can overlook a lot of red or yellow flags if you if you just want to meet someone and you want to get into a relationship and you finally want to stop being single it, if that motivation isn't really dealt with you you might jump into something before you should you might make decisions that otherwise you might not make because you've you've got that pressure coming from the inside of you so that would be really dangerous and the mm-hmm. thing that i would offer i talked a lot with my clients about is the issue of trust right i mean most of us if we're honest regardless of whatever religious beliefs we might have feel like we are alone in the world and we're on our own we're left to fend for ourselves and we have to make everything happen we we have to do this or do that and and you know we feel like it's all upon us in other words we don't have any sense that that whatever you want to call it call it god life the quantum feel i don't i don't care what you want to call it but we don't have much of a sense that life is unfolding for us that that we can trust that we're exactly where we are having the experiences we're supposed to have for our growth, right? So if you choose mm-hmm. to look at where you are right now in your life, maybe at a certain age, you never thought you'd be single at this age, you never thought you'd be single again, or you never thought you'd still be single. If you can look at that and shift it from, this is wrong, something's wrong with me, why has life or God forgotten about me? You know, if you can change that to perhaps I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and having the mm-hmm. experience I'm most needing to have for me to learn and grow in the ways that I most need to learn and grow, right? So mm-hmm. if you choose that, if you choose to trust that life is unfolding optimally for you, then the inside of you begins to relax. The pressure mm-hmm. dissolves. Like I no longer have to force it. I no longer have to make it happen. I no longer have to be needy or desperate or you know angry about it or whatever. I I I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And then your 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 body sort of relaxes. And I just find that the more relaxed we are in the inside, the more that we're I guess you could say the more we are accepting of what is. Like right now, I'm not in a relationship. You can be very upset about that, or you can be very trusting and accepting of that. Mm-hmm. And the more mm-hmm. you're in that space, I find that we're more attractive as people. Right? Yeah. When we're, when we're in the world and we're pushing and we've got to meet someone and we're in a hurry and right? Then we come off as needy or desperate or we're trying too hard, and that's a real turnoff. So mm-hmm. the more we trust, the more attractive we become. And of course, we could talk for hours on how to shift from the fear to the trust. I mean, it's, it's easier said than done. 
But right. I mean, that's a large part of what I do as a coach is making that mm-hmm. kind of that kind of shift. Okay. Okay. I mean, I I I so strongly agree with you, and I think that that fits for everything in life, not just finding the right relationship, but finding the right yep. path, um, figuring out what's next for us if we're deciding to make some change and we don't know what what's next. It's, mm-hmm. it's that. It's, it's yep. accepting where we are at this moment. And maybe even would you recommend even enjoying singlehood at the time that you're single? <laughs> because yes. once you're a couple, you're no lo- you no longer get to enjoy that. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. What I would recommend is that little phrase that is so overused, um, but it is really powerful, which is loving what is, accepting what is. So mm-hmm. being happy with the present moment, right? That, that you know, there's a, even a verse in the Bible in the Old Testament that says. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, right? And that's not talking about this is the day like it's Sunday in church. That means this moment right now is kind of what God or life has done. You can rejoice in that. And, and, that's, what, and that's what I maintain is that if we, if we don't mind the way life is right now, we relax on the inside, we become more attractive on the outside, we, we, get, we're, we're, we would be more playful, we'd be more open, we'd be more conversational, we'd be more relaxed. And all of those things are attractive qualities in the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, li- I really like that. Really like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in all of your experience working with people trying to, you know, attract the right relationship. What do you find to be the most common barriers um, that mm-hmm. keep people yeah. single when they really don't want to be single anymore? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Abs- that, that, that to me is the best question. If you ask someone, why are you single? Why am I single? You're, what you're going to do is you're going to go in one of two directions. There's only two basic choices. I am single because something is happening to me, or I am single because something's happening because of me, right? So there's a Hmm. number of barriers that I'm sure we'll discuss, but I want to start at the deepest one and the most foundational one. And it is one that when you hear the word I use for it, it's a real turnoff to most people. But the major barrier is that we have what I call victim consciousness, a victim mindset, which means I'm at the effect of something. In other words, I'm single because something's happening to me, right? It's the dating scene or it's men or women or I'm not pretty enough mm. or not rich enough or not skinny enough or something so it's this mindset that something is keeping me from having what I want. And somehow mm-hmm. I'm a victim. I'm powerless. Uh, I'm, I'm stuck. It's just, you know, like, for instance, the, the most favorite phrase that we use when we're in this victim mindset 
is when you say, so, you know, what's going on in your love life? Well, why are you single? Well, I just haven't met the right person yet, right? What that's saying is I'm sort of a victim of fate. It's, mm. I, well, it's not, it's not me. It's not anything I'm doing. There's, right? It's just I just haven't gotten lucky yet, right? So I'm, I'm sort of a victim of fate, right? Because the person's not saying, what am I doing that's keeping me from meeting the right person? Right? Mm-hmm. They just think that, oh, it's just the way fate is, the way life is. I guess I'm just not lucky. Everybody else is lucky, but I'm not. Right? Uh-huh. That's a victim mindset, right? And and I hate using that word victim because nobody likes to own a victim mindset um, because it's such kind of a, a dirty word. <laughs> you know what I mean? But in reality, 99% of us, if we're honest, believe that we're single because of some outside force or something's happening that is preventing us from being with someone. So the first barrier is shifting from that mindset to what I might call the creator mindset, creator consciousness. And what that is, is that saying that whatever's occurring in my life, whatever results I have, I'm single. Whatever my current results are, it's not happening to me. It's happening by me or because of me. In other words, hmm. I'm keeping myself single. I'm, I'm doing something I'm not aware of. I'm believing something about myself, and I don't really see how that's impacting me. I have blind spots or I'm, I'm, I'm moving in the world. My personality is this or that. I have certain love stories about relationships the past is alive in me, whatever it might be, that I am doing something to sabotage myself, and I just don't know it, right? Hmm. And so that mindset, shifting from I'm single because it's just happening to me to no, I'm, I'm creating barriers. I'm sabotaging myself, and I, I just don't know what it is. Now, when you make that shift, then I as a coach – really any coach, but I I as a coach can help someone because they're willing to look in the mirror. If you're a Mm -hmm. victim and you're single because you don't make enough money or you're not a size zero or, you know, what, I mean, how, how are you going to change that? How do you, how do you change your genetics? How do you, you know what I mean? But if you discover that maybe somehow unconsciously you are sabotaging yourself, oh, we can discover what that is. So an illustration I use, it's like a person driving a car, okay? You're driving a car, and you're wanting to go from point A to point B, okay? And so you hit the gas pedal. You hit the gas pedal, and the car goes in the direction you want it to go, where our love lives are like that. People say, I want my love life to go there. I want to meet someone, fall in love, get married, have children, whatever. But I want to be in a relationship. And I'm hitting the gas pedal, Roy. That's what I want. I want to go in that direction, but it's not happening, okay? And I say to them, well, it's not happening because what you don't know is you have your other foot on the brake at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the car won't move. You could try this in your own car. Hit the gas pedal, but, hit, but push the, the, the brake pedal. The car will make a lot of noise. Right. It will shake, and, but it, won't, it really won't go anywhere. It won't move. 
Okay? Mm-hmm. And so that's how it is with our lives. We make a lot of noise about I want to find a partner, I want to find a partner, and it's not happening. And the first shift is to recognize it's me who is keeping it from happening. It's not because of, you know, I haven't met the right person yet. No, I'm doing something I'm not aware of. I got my foot on the brake. And so when I get a client that says, Roy, I am going to choose to believe that I got my foot on the brake somehow, and I'm the one keeping myself single. Can you help me discover how I'm doing that to myself? I'm like, oh, baby, I'm in with that. Oh, yes. (laughs) If if you're willing to ask that question, Mm -hmm. I can do it. But if you're just willing to say, well, the online dating thing sucks, and men are this, all they want is sex, and women are this, all they want is some guy with money, and you're blaming it on all the outside forces. Well, what am I going to do with that? I can't help you with that. I, I, what uh-huh. am I, you know, right? So that is the major barrier is the victim consciousness versus the creator mm-hmm. consciousness. And making mm-hmm. that shift, and that, just like you said before, that applies to anything in your life. I mean, if exactly. you want to lose That's what weight, get thinking. in shape, right? Yeah, if you want to lose weight. You can blame your genetics and, oh, your parents taught you to finish your plate and you never can say no to dessert. and You, you can blame it on that stuff. Or you can say, no, I'm making choices and things with my food choices and my exercise choices. I'm making myself fat. It's not happening to me. It's happening right. by me. <laughs> and, and, That's and, when you, you know, empower I, yourself. I, and I don't hear you really putting a lot of blame on people that they no. should feel bad about themselves more that they don't, they need, right. some people need help figuring out what they're right. doing to sabotage themselves. Exactly. Exactly. The reason there's no blame is because you don't know your foot's on the brake. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't know. You're unconscious. You're unaware of your blind spots, what I call your relationship personas or your limiting beliefs. You know, you're, you're unaware of how you're sabotaging yourself. So that, that's mm-hmm. why there's no blame. So the journey becomes one of curiosity, of self-awareness. Oh, now I see what I've been doing to push people away or to attract the wrong kinds of partners. You know, Doc, that's one of the major things that we hear from people is why do I keep attracting this kind of partner, the one who's a narcissist or the one who's emotionally unavailable or commitment phobic, right? So this work is about becoming aware of why you are attracting those dynamics. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no blame because you don't know you're doing it. <laughs> but right. you are, right? You are doing something. And that's right. the fun of For the sure. work is to discover. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because it goes back to what you were saying before about people who think it's happening to them. Some people don't even realize that they are attracting a certain type of partner all the time based Mm -hmm. on something that they're doing, right? If you're constantly going from narcissist to narcissist, there's Mm -hmm. something you're doing. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Not that you just happen to be... It's not that you happen to live in a place that is totally full of narcissists. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. That that would be the victim thing. Well, you know, I'm just in a place where, or, you know, all men are that way or all women are that way. But, no, when you make that shift and say, you know, what am I doing to attract those kinds of men or women? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I must be walking around with a sign on my back that says, narcissists are welcome here. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
right? And you are in some way energetically, um, emotionally, yes. and a lot of times it's traced back to childhood dynamics, of course. Um, but it's discovering that. And once you are aware of how and why you're attracting that, well, then you can change those things. But you can't change something that you're doing unless you know you're doing it. I mean, you can't take your right. foot off the brake unless you know your foot's on the brake. I mean, right? So that's what makes this fun, this work so much fun for me, is when the client begins to have aha moments. Like, I had no idea. I, I never saw this about myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting because I've, I've looked at it from different perspectives about, you know, I did – a lot of research recently about narcissists and, you know, nar- toxic, quote unquote, toxic people, and they mm-hmm. are attracted yeah. to certain types of people. Of course. Or certain, or certain behaviors. I don't want to say that the person, you know, we can always change right. our behavior. We're not, we don't have to be right. a type of person. But of um, they are specifically attracted to certain behaviors. So yes. someone like you can help 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 them figure out wow am i doing that am i am i putting out the sign saying please you're you're welcome here yeah right right one of the little metaphors i use is like remember when we were kids we made puzzles right you know maybe a hundred piece puzzle a thousand piece puzzle but no matter how many pieces in the puzzle every single piece had a certain shape to it And it didn't go with just any piece in the puzzle. It had to find its reciprocal match, right? Mm -hmm. When you found the match, the pieces would fit together. Well, that's how this works, is that we're, we're in a certain psychological, emotional, spiritual shape, you could say. And that shape will fit with other kinds of shapes. And so when you're attracting the narcissistic shape, that must mean you have some sort of reciprocal shape and you fit with that person. Mm -hmm. So if you have that kind of shape, then you can pray and try to manifest a different kind of partner all you want, but it'll never work because you're a certain puzzle shape and it only goes with that kind of person. But if you can change your shape, which is what you do for a living, what I do for a living, helping people change their psychological, emotional shape, if you change your shape, all of a sudden now you don't fit with the narcissist anymore. You, mm-hmm. you fit with a more healthy person, right? And, but only the creator mindset person sees it that way. I got to change my shape. The victim person says, I just need to find a better place to find healthy people. (laughs) And it just doesn't work that way. Right. Wherever you go, there you are. Yes. Yes. Well, and this is really what the law of attraction, that's why I I, I have fun with that. Because I tell people the law of attraction can work for you or against you. Right. So if you're in a certain psychological, emotional shape, the law of attraction says like attracts like you're going to attract someone who fits with you. And mm-hmm. there you go. But if you change your shape, well, then the law of attraction will work for you because you never attract someone who is healthier than you are. You always attract after your level of consciousness. <laughs> so well, if you I, want a better I, partner, 
It's not about finding a better partner. It's about being a better partner. Right. I like your definition of the law of attraction because I think I've heard many people talk about it in terms of just changing your vibration through the thoughts that you think. Um, And it that I think that's more of magical thinking. Um, Correct. And it sounds like what you're saying is actually looking at your behaviors and and changing what you're putting out there through your through your behaviors. Right. And yes, your thoughts have to do you know are related to that, but you're actually it, making exactly. and since, a behavioral change. Yeah, and since right, and since this narcissistic thing is so much on everybody's mind right now, right? So mm-hmm. the puzzle piece that's attracted to that, or or finds themselves with is the person quite a narcissist in general is a person who is very self-absorbed, self-centered. Mm-hmm. Everything that's about them revolves around them. Well, they right. need a certain kind of partner in order to play that game. They need someone who feels that life does not revolve around them, that they aren't, you know, they need someone who is very selfless. Someone right. who feels that they're not worthy or they're not valuable or, right, because two narcissists couldn't be in the same relationship. They would just beat the hell out of each other, right? It's about right. me. No, it's about me. No, it's about me. The <laughs> narcissist needs someone who says, yes, it is about you, right? So when, when you go through the world and you have a sense of I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough or I'm not lovable or I'm not valid, some of these deep core wounds that, that we carry, when you're in that space, you will attract a narcissist because they need someone that they can sort of dominate and control, someone who will sort of give all the space in the room to them. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's why if you have that worthless feeling on the inside of you, you're, you could try all day long to attract a different kind of partner, but it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So it's about can I grow out of my I'm not worthy, I don't, I'm not deserving place because if I start to see myself as valid, as just as important as everyone else, that I have opinions and thoughts and beliefs and wants that they matter too, like I matter too. When you're mm-hmm. in that space, then a narcissist says, uh, well, I'm not attracted to you because <laughs> I, need, I need someone who agrees that it, it's all about me. Right. <laughs> so, right. yeah, that, that's, that's the deeper work um, yes. that I think pretty really deep. transforms people. Mm-hmm. So, Roy, we, there is so much to talk about, and I would love to have you come back on in the new year, you know, sometime, mm-hmm. in, in, sometime in early 2023, because there, really we, we only get to touch on a piece That's of one, it yeah. each time. Yeah, there's, there's, so, I, I have at least six more barriers. <laughs> okay, so then we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to have you back on because the show isn't long enough. But <laughs> yeah. great, um, great. love to. Pete, great. So we'll reach out to you and set up that, set that up. And if anybody listening is interested in finding out more about your book, about your podcast, and about your coaching. What would be the best ways for them to do that? Yeah, you know, it's going to my website. I like to think I've got a decent website that, that has all of that information. Um, you know, you can contact me through my website. 
there's a little video on my homepage that that has me describing what I do. There's there's even something called the Relationship Fitness Self Assessment Test right on the homepage. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a kind of a way to get my opinion anyway as to how relationally fit a person is. Like, are you really ready for something real? Or do you need to get yourself in a little better shape, right? So everything is right at coachingwithroy.com. Hopefully that is very memorable. That's why I chose it, coachingwithroy.com. And, uh, yeah, my phone number is at the bottom of the homepage. Uh, I mean, my my cell number is right there. Okay. And uh, you can track me down pretty easy. (laughs) One-stop shop. One-stop shop, yeah. That and people can also – check out my podcast, the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. You know, it's, it's a free podcast. It's on Apple and Spotify and all over the place, right? So the Attracting Lasting Love podcast or my website, Coaching with Roy, right there. All right. Wonderful. And I'll be posting that on my, on my post about this show on my website later tonight so people can, can see it right there if they didn't write it down. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you again. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, have a wonderful have wonderful holidays and happy you new too. year. And yeah. we'll we'll speak in the new year. Thank you. Appreciate it, Doctor. All right. Bye bye. Have a good night. Bye bye. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaracarpell.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And I'm just going to start off um, before before our producer, Art Mendoza, joins us on this side of the microphone. Um, I want to start off a series that I will continue with next week and whatever I think we whatever time we have in December and then in early January to talk about compassion and self-compassion because, you know, it's the end of the year. We sure have been through a lot together in the past few years. And, um, you know, I, I think we really need to focus on self-compassion to help us heal so we can move into a brighter year of inner peace. And also because having self-compassion helps us to also have compassion. And compassion is really necessary for living a more passionate life. In December, after all, it is known as a month of giving. And again, it's not really possible to feel joy and and passion without compassion for others and for ourselves. So just to start it off, I want to talk a little bit about the Dalai Lama, whose big push is always about compassion. And he defines, he's quoted as defining compassion as the central 
The central meaning of compassion is an attitude that wishes to end the sufferings of others and to augment their happiness. In that sense, it carries a feeling of affection for others and a sense of responsibility. We don't have to know the others, though. That's really important. And he also says, having compassion, concern, respect, and kindness for others not only benefits society, but is the most important factor for our own happiness. So, and as... um, as I said, um, in order to have compassion for others, we really need to have self-compassion. And as the best-selling author and speaker Brene Brown writes, self-compassion is key because when we're able to be gentle with ourselves in the midst of shame, we're more likely to reach out, connect, and experience empathy. So let's start with self-compassion. Um, I've noticed that there's a tendency for people to either avoid feeling their own sadness or emotional pain when something happens in life that's sad or a negative judgment about ourselves, about uh, ourselves when we allow ourselves to feel sad um, or even about other people who feel sad, labeling them as weak or not evolved enough to deal with what's happening in the world or happening in their life. I also notice the opposite end of the spectrum, which is to become completely immersed in sadness and pain, so much so that it makes, it becomes our identity, and we feel angry at any attempt by others to try to help us and pull us out of it. We want everybody to be feeling sad with us. And neither of these reactions to painful emotions will ever lead us to living a a passionate life on any level. Um, You know, living a passionate life actually involves experiencing the full spectrum of emotions, um, and sadness is one of those emotions. Um, That's what being human is about, feeling all emotions. But emotions are temporary. They come and go. We feel sad, and if we... If we notice the sadness and we honor it, it eventually transmutes. It turns into something else. It goes away. It might become, it might turn into just feeling content and eventually leading back to happiness. Um, But if we try to avoid emotions, we end up keeping them hanging around a lot longer. They stick around when we try to avoid them. And obviously, if we make them our identity, then they move in for the long haul. They just stick with us. Um, There's a Buddhist parable of the second arrow, which I like to, I really like this parable. Um, And basically, the summary of it is that um, one might be hit by pain or, or something painful in our life or physical pain, and that would be considered the first arrow. That's something we have a, a loss in our life, but we're disappointed, um, something that makes us feel sad. That's the first arrow. But the second arrow is the one that we shoot ourselves with. It's the arrow of the negative self-talk about that pain. And that's the arrow that brings about 
suffering. So we can have pain, but the suffering comes from that second arrow. And I like to think about it um, this way. In terms of the first arrow of emotional pain, it can happen from sad events or even biochemical imbalance that some people have ongoing that they might need to take medication for, um, and sometimes the medication isn't always working. Um, it could come about that biochemical imbalance could come about when we're physically ill, when we're in physical pain, when we haven't had enough sleep, when we haven't eaten a healthy diet or gotten enough exercise, we haven't meditated or done something to relax, we feel stressed, all of those things that we really need to do to keep us balanced. Um, can go out of balance and actually cause a biochemical change, an imbalance. And that can cause emotional pain. The second arrow would be berating ourselves for allowing that to happen to us, for allowing ourselves to be sad or for putting ourselves in the position for being out of balance, for not knowing better. Um, Or... It can even be clutching on to the identity of emotional pain that I mentioned. And sometimes it's not possible to shoot ourselves with that second arrow um, as it's such an ingrained habit. But with practice, we can, we can better recognize when we're doing it. We can remove that arrow. We can dissolve its effects. And eventually we might learn to catch ourselves over time. we form a habit of catching it when it happens, and then we might actually catch catch ourselves before we actually pull the bow on that arrow that we're pointing at ourselves. And that's the first part of the practice of self-compassion, is noticing when we're about to shoot that second arrow. Notice when you're starting to blame yourself for something going wrong, even if it was your fault, as, or even if you caused it, as Roy was talking about, we might be the cause of the problem, but berating ourselves about it doesn't help. And very often we didn't even know we were doing it. Um, and when we berate ourselves, that's the second arrow, and, and that actually will keep us stuck in the pain. And um, the research conducted by Dr. Kristen Neff, who is a professor at the University of Texas of Austin, and she actually does research in the area of self-compassion. She found that we don't do better when we berate ourselves and we, in fact, do worse. A lot of people think that they need to keep themselves in line, um, that that they will have better behavior when they berate themselves when they go out of line, and that actually is is false. We It would be better once we notice the blame and stop it to figure out what to do going forward to remedy the situation if it's possible. But blaming ourselves doesn't help. So the Mayo Clinic recommends one simple rule. Don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to anyone else. And I'm going to amend that and say don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to someone who you, who you don't hate <laughs> because I think people will say pretty nasty things to people that these days 
that they feel that they quote unquote hate. But don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't want to, that you wouldn't say to a friend. Treat yourself like your own best friend. And next week we'll talk we'll talk more about self-compassion and how to um, stay on that path of self-compassion so that we can then feel compassion for other people. All right, and now we're going to go to our producer, Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, who has some news on the production front. Art, are you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Then I'm here. Okay. <laughs> What's yeah, going on? I've got a couple of things. A couple of things are going to be happening in the next year. We've uh, been talking about changing the date of Blog Talk Radio to another day and time another, another day of the week, you mean? Yes. Well, there's, that's basically what that means, changing it to okay. another day. Okay. And uh, so that's one thing that we're going through because it's time to, to get a larger audience. And I think that uh, we can get more listenership by finding a, a better day. Sunday's been a good practice day because it's always uh, football. And when you have football, you're going to have more people watching TV than listening to radio, which is good. But uh just want to talk about some of the people we're going to have coming here. just met someone that's uh, also a, uh, an assistant to a dear, dear friend of mine, Kinky Friedman, and it's Selene Andrus. And she's a singer, songwriter, and she's going to be one of our new artists. And uh, then we're going to bring back a lot of the artists that we haven't heard for a while, like Tanya Anesimova from mm-hmm. New York, who's originally from Russia. And uh, she supports the Ukrainians. And uh, let's see what she knows about what's happening in music as well as what's happening in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Also, Kath Clayton, Karen Olson, the uh, violist, and uh, Grant Malloy Smith. I've been following him all over Facebook. He's hilarious and uh, Americana music. He'll, I'm going to ask him to come back on. And of course, our real dear friend Paula Atherton, who's been getting all kinds of uh, exposure on Billboard and all. So that's what's going to be happening. Plus, I'm going to be working on a couple of projects that I can't talk about right now because they're pretty intense, and I need to make sure that it's all done well before I bring it out. But uh, that's about it. But you'll uh, let us know when you can, right? It all depends how I feel. Okay. So let's close it out and get out of here. All right. Thank you, Art. You're welcome, Dr. (laughs) Sartell. Okay, well, let me let you guys know what's happening next week before Art knocks me off the air. Um, Next week, Sunday, December 11th, musician, author, yoga meditation teacher, interfaith minister, author of over 30 books, weekly contributor medium, coaching nuggets, and and insights, Reverend Good John Bergman returns to the show once again. He's been on a few times. 
Um, I've been on his show, and I'm very excited to have him back. He returns to the show to help us bring in the new year with more inner peace and mindfulness in a very noisy world. I'm really looking forward to that. And if you, and we'll have more on the program, so join us. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show and get the website links that we discussed on the program, go to my website, drmaricarpel.com. You can also hear the program on my website at the, at the same, on the same post. And all of that will be posted later tonight. Um, also, you can hear this evening's program in five minutes from now, if you'd like to, by going directly to blog talk radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And you can also hear it on Apple Podcasts. If you want to know what's coming up next um, and in terms of this radio program or any other events, that we have, go to my Facebook page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. This program it was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by AMightyGoodTime.com. Thank you to my guest, Roy Biancalana. Thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, Youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.